Welcome to Kelly Dry's AdLow Access Podcast, and this is Simone Roach. Recently, in its most high-profile effort yet to focus attention on data privacy and security, the House Committee on Energy and Commerce held a hearing with TikTok's CEO, Xu Chu. The full committee hearing was high drama, with sharp statements and accusations about TikTok's connections to the Chinese government, wide attendance by committee members, and extensive press coverage during the hearing and afterwards. Some members, notably Chairwoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers, called for TikTok to be banned from the U.S., while others asked appointed questions without committing to supporting a ban. Members also used the opportunity to push for federal privacy legislation, and specifically the bipartisan ADPPA, which they said would help to address the dangers posed by big tech companies like TikTok. Overall, the hearing did a far better job of illuminating members' concerns than in gathering information. Many questions were too broad, complex, or accusatory to be answered in a yes-or-no fashion, as frequently requested by committee members. And at times, Chu was simply evasive. Nevertheless, the hearing highlighted once again bipartisan concerns surrounding TikTok, national security, children's safety, and privacy. And as the debate about TikTok continues, we wanted to share more details about what happened. First up, opening remarks from Chairwoman Rogers and Ranking Member Frank Pallone. Representative Rogers kicked off the five-plus-hour hearing by discussing the threat TikTok poses to national security and calling for the app to be banned in the U.S., She said that TikTok answers to the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, through its parent company, ByteDance, spying on Americans, especially journalists, through collection and use of their data. It also manipulates its users, for example, censoring information and erasing events China wants the world to forget and encourages harmful behavior among children by promoting dangerous content in its For You recommendations. Finally, she noted that TikTok has 150 million American users and emphasized the urgency with which Congress needs to act, both on TikTok and in passing the ADPPA. Representative Pallone said that big tech, including TikTok, has become a super spreader of danger. It collects more data than it needs and sells it to generate billions of dollars in revenue. And like Rogers, Pallone emphasized that Congress cannot wait any longer to pass federal privacy legislation. And while there are benefits to TikTok, he said he's not sure they outweigh the risk to Americans, risks that are exacerbated by TikTok's potential ties to the CCP. Pallone further expressed concern that addictive algorithms cause emotional distress, especially for children who are particularly vulnerable. Next, statement from TikTok CEO Chu. Chu used his testimony to showcase TikTok as a place where people can be creative and where businesses, especially small ones, can fuel their growth. He also argued that TikTok, together with ByteDance, is a global company that is not owned or controlled by the CCP. Indeed, he said that TikTok is not even available in mainland China and is headquartered in California and Singapore. Chu made four commitments during the hearing. TikTok will keep safety, particularly for teens, a top priority. TikTok will implement Project Texas, a plan to store all U.S. user data in the U.S. 
and firewall it from unwanted foreign access. TikTok will remain a place for free expression, not manipulated by any government, and TikTok will be transparent and will allow third-party monitoring to ensure accountability for its commitments. Committee members' questions by topic, by dance. Many representatives, including Chairwoman Rogers, probed the relationship between ByteDance, the parent company, and TikTok. They asked Chu whether he is in regular contact with ByteDance, including its CEO and legal team. He is. Representative Burgess asked whether ByteDance's legal team helped Chu prepare for the hearing, to which Chu responded that his phone was full of well wishes. He later affirmed the assistant to Representative Griffith. Some members also asked about the political affiliations of ByteDance employees, which Chu claimed not to know, and how extensive the Chinese government's control is over ByteDance. Still, others asked whether the Chinese government would approve a sale of TikTok, to which Chu responded that he could not answer hypotheticals. China has since stated that it would oppose any forced sale. Many representatives also asked Chu about TikTok's finances and Chu's own financial connections to ByteDance. He generally refused to answer. Connection to the Chinese government A common theme among members was censorship. Many expressed concern over the CCP's ability to erase content regarding certain events, specifically videos on China's human rights violations, its treatment of the Uyghur population, and even the Tiananmen Square massacre. Several also pointed to reports that a TikTok employee stated, everything that is data is seen in China. Chu said he was unaware of the statement and disagreed with it. Representative Johnson asked whether the CCP could gain access to U.S. user data through the source code or if TikTok had the capacity to change the source code. Chu used one of his prepared and often repeated answers, explaining that the source code is a global collaborative effort, an answer that did not respond to the question. Data protection. Another hot topic was whether and what types of data TikTok collects and sells. Some members, such as Representative Tonka, raised concerns about the collection of sensitive data, such as health and geolocation information. Representative Joyce discussed the tracking of keystrokes. A handful of members, such as Representative Dunn, equated TikTok's data collection with the CCP's spying on Americans, a characterization that Chu rejected. Others asked Chu to commit to refraining from selling data at all. Chu often answered that TikTok does not collect any more data than other companies. Representative Tchaikovsky explained that that is not a good standard. In addition, Representative Pallone asked Chu to commit to various requirements in the ADPPA, and when Chu demurred, cited this as evidence of TikTok's ill intent as to privacy. Representative Obernolte, a former video game developer, used his time and time yielded to him by other members to ask questions about the software code, where the programmers are located, and how easily the code could be compromised even after Project Texas. Project Texas Chu evaded many questions about what is happening with U.S. users' data now and relied on Project Texas to explain what will happen in the future. Members stated that this plan is not enough. 
Representative Pallone and others, such as Representative Fulcher, explained that they believe the CCP would or could still control and influence what TikTok does. Representative Eshu emphasized her continuing concerns about what data the CCP or TikTok employees in China may have already, with Representative Hudson expressing particular concern about TikTok tracking the location of military families. Targeted advertising. When asked by Representative Castor and others whether TikTok would prohibit targeted marketing to people under the age of 17, Chu responded, as he did to many of the questions, that he would get back to the committee. Harmful content and misinformation. In a particularly notable moment, Representative Carmack played a video depicting gun violence and death threats against Chairwoman Rogers. The video had been up on TikTok for 41 days and had yet to be removed, although it was finally taken down after the hearing, highlighting TikTok's inability to effectively monitor harmful content. Representative Bilarakis also showed a video displaying harmful challenges that go viral, stating that these are threats to minors that TikTok can't or doesn't control. Representative Deget raised concerns about people looking for information on topics such as abortion and finding harmful misinformation. Representative Vizi cited election misinformation published on TikTok. She responded that TikTok invests a significant amount to try to limit these harmful or incorrect results. Others, such as Representative Cardenas, Representative Barragan, and Representative Ruiz, sought information regarding content control for TikTok's Spanish-speaking audience and asked whether, if TikTok can't control harmful content in English, how will it be able to monitor and remove such content in Spanish? Chu said he would have to get back to them. Children TikTok's community guidelines and publication of harmful content directed at children came under fire a number of times. Members raised questions about TikTok being used as a platform for trafficking, fentanyl and drug purchases, and other harms such as the promotion of eating disorders and suicide. Chu explained that TikTok is not perfect, but that the court redirects certain search terms to resource pages. That is, if you search hashtag drugs, it directs you to a drug information resource. Representative Craig pointed out that a teen looking to buy drugs is likely too savvy to simply search hashtag drugs. Another topic discussed was Section 230 immunity. Representative Lotta expressed concern that TikTok enjoys Section 230 immunity for the dangerous and deadly challenges that it promotes and pushes onto children's For You pages. Chu explained that this is an industry problem another repeated answer that appeared to frustrate members. Chu also said that freedom of speech is important, while also recognizing that companies need to raise the bar. Chu explained that TikTok does not advertise to children under 13 who have an entirely different experience than adults on the app. He also touted the 60-minute time limit, which in practice is simply a notification to minors that they have been using the app for 60 minutes. Chu also explained that currently, 
TikTok employs age gating, where the user is asked how old they are in order to determine what settings apply to the account. Representative Custer, among others, pointed out how easy this is for children and teens to bypass. Representative Sarbane cited concerns about TikTok's effects on the brain and specifically the impact that algorithm recommendations have on the mental and behavioral health of kids and teens. Algorithmic Accountability Several members, including Representative Matsui and Representative Dingle, called for greater transparency in the use of algorithms and suggested that TikTok submit reports regarding its algorithms to the FTC. Matsui also recommended that TikTok have special algorithmic policies for sensitive information, such as when the algorithm suggests information on depression or extreme sports. Representative Clark said that there should be transparency for algorithms to ensure they are not operating with bias or in a discriminatory manner. And although Chu had cited transparency as one of TikTok's commitments, his position on these specific issues was not clear. By all accounts, Chu failed to assuage members' concerns about the TikTok and is likely still recovering from his five-plus-hour drubbing. The question now is, what will Congress actually do? Legislative proposals in the House and Senate take different approaches, ranging from forcing ByteDance to sell TikTok to establishing a process for evaluating whether a sale or a ban in the U.S. is needed. Another question is whether concerns about TikTok could help light a fire under perennially stalled federal privacy legislation. So stay tuned as we continue to track these and other developments related to privacy. For information on what you've heard on this topic, please contact either Jessica Rich or Darby Hobbs, and you can find their contact details in the show notes. And also, please see our Advertising and Privacy Law Resource Center available at kellydry.com. And please download the AdLaw Access app for Apple and Android phones available in the Apple app and Google Play stores.